This is Channel 253. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Jenny. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, empowering an informed electorate. I thought we were informing an empowered electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Citizen Tacoma. Hi, Doug. Greetings, Jenny Jacobs. Today on Citizen Tacoma, we speak to John Hines, who is a member of the Board of Trustees of the Tacoma Public Library, and Kate Larson, who is our fairly newly appointed director of the Tacoma Public Library, about a new initiative entitled Libraries Transform Tacoma. This institution is in good hands, it seems. Listen in. Hi, welcome to Citizen Tacoma. Hi. (laughs) We're so happy to have you here. Uh, We like to start out these interviews with kind of your Tacoma story. So, Kate, um, I know you just started your job as director of the Tacoma Public Library in January. Mm -hmm. Where where did you live before that? Um, Just before this, I was in Everett. I was the assistant director at the Everett Public Library um, for the last 11 years. And so my Tacoma story is really just beginning. (laughs) And where did you move to Tacoma? Uh, in the Proctor District. Proctor, nice. Mm-hmm. And how are you finding it so far? It's great. Um, we really looked at all neighborhoods and um, w- settled on this one, mm-hmm. mainly just due to circumstance and luck. Yeah. So um, it's great that it's becoming more of a walker- walkable neighborhood. Really enjoy that aspect of it. Nice, nice. Yeah. And what about you, John? Uh, mine's pretty simple. I've never left this place. So I was <laughs> born and raised in Tacoma, Washington. Um, I grew up in the South End, kind of down at the Tacoma Mall, and then traveled all the way across 6th Avenue to go to the University of Puget Sound for college. Um, and now I live over by Wilson High School. Nice. Yeah. Well, love to have a new person and an lo- old-time local on the show together at the same time. Happy to have you here. Well, the point of today's episode is to talk about the Libraries Transforming Communities Initiative. And um, if you could give us an overview of what exactly that is, that would be great. Yeah, so Libraries Transforming Communities is a civic engagement model that's coming out of the American Library Association. It was an effort that was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm. And it's really focused around... um, positioning libraries as, well, we're already perfectly positioned to, to have a positive impact in our communities. So it's it's more like capitalizing on that opportunity. So what we're doing is we're going out and talking to people about their aspirations, um, the challenges that they're facing, and what they think might be good solutions to those challenges. So we're not necessarily talking about libraries when we do it, which is really mm-hmm. um, sometimes confusing for people. But um, so in this way, we can hear from people and then figure out how we're going to shape library services based on what we hear. So we know that we can't um, solve all of the problems that we're hearing about, but Mm -hmm. we feel like we're in a perfect position to be a connector to other agencies and to partner with other agencies. It kind of just opens up all kinds of doors and opportunities. So and, and so we've adopted it. We've customized it a little bit, and we're calling it Libraries Transform Tacoma. Okay. And how did, so this is a national 
program then? Mm-hmm. And how, how did it come to be in Tacoma? Uh, well, so I was already interested in the model around the time that I was applying for this position, but mm-hmm. I really spent a lot of time looking at the Tacoma 2025 plan and seeing that civic engagement is a really uh, big aspect of that plan. And mm-hmm. it just, it kind of just dovetails really nicely into that initiative. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, if you look, and we've looked a lot at libraries across the country, Mm -hmm. libraries can do lots of things. Um, And as we're looking forward, we want to make sure that what we're doing at the Tacoma Public Library reflects what the community wants. So really going out and talking to the community and saying, what are your hopes, what are your dreams, aspirations for Tacoma, and then really grounding our work going forward in that. So um, Kate, when she was hired at the beginning of the year, came in and had this great idea to really go out and talk to the community. Um, We hadn't done that in quite a while, and so we were very excited about this and what she's been able to do. And I do want to give a shout out to staff because we did really just dive into this. I've been on the job, as you mentioned, for seven months. And Mm -hmm. so we kind of did some behind the scenes work to get staff ready and engaged. And actually, they already were like, yeah, let's get out there. We're ready. And so that part is really cool. And we're just we're we're not um, planning to plan. We're just getting out there and doing it. And so sometimes we're running only like a minute ahead, (laughs) but um, we really just wanted to get, I really just wanted to get started. So uh, we just dove right in and everybody's got, you know, everybody's participating. We're not hiring consultants. We're, you know, we're just, we're trying to do it all ourselves. And it's been really rewarding so far. Nice. Nice. Can you educate our listeners a little bit on what kinds of things the library does aside from checkout books? <laughs> well, um, so when I'm not a trustee member of the board, I'm a teacher here in the Home Public School District, and so there's lots of online resources for all of our students, um, databases, magazines, um, online books they can check out, homework help at the library, the teen center, um, the digital media lab, where we have lots of great creations. So there's lots of things to help young people around that. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, you know, after you post high school, there's lots of resources with jobs and helping people find employment and do take trainings. We offer a full slate of Microsoft Office program credentials that you can come to the library and get certified for. Um, and I'm trying to think of if I forgetting anything else, Kate? Oh, wait. Well, there's lots of I other see. things. Um, and that's what's so great about libraries. We kind of touch every aspect of life. And mm-hmm. I think one good way to think about it is um, if you think of out-of-school time. So anything that school doesn't cover, basically the library covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're doing our story times are geared towards uh, early literacy, helping kids read before third grade, which is, we know is really important. And those story times, you know, while kids might think it's fun and parents might get a bit of a great uh, break Mm -hmm. our librarians are modeling behavior also so like actually the parents are learning passively too Uh, so there are all these really complex things going on even in just a story time so programs like that cultural programs author programs um, creative programs you name it we do it excellent What kinds of things are you hearing when you're talking to the community about services that you might provide in the future? Well, so... Um, that's that's the thing is that because we're not talking about... We're not saying what do you want from the library because we know from 
past experience that what we tend to hear when we when we ask that question and actually at one of the meetings we did try to ask that question yeah because people are confused that we're not talking about the library <laughs> yeah um so when we asked that question we heard things like we want free meeting space um we uh, we want more open hours. We want more DVDs. We want comfortable chairs. Yeah. So, and these are all great things, and we are mainly doing all those things already. But mm-hmm. um, it's kind of the, you know, that's the the crux of the problem I think with libraries is that we haven't re- been really good about telling our story and right. about what we can do, and so that's why we're not hearing answers about like. Oh, yeah, we can actually participate in workforce development and economic development. But the public doesn't necessarily think of us that way because we haven't told that story. Mm. So that's kind of why we're we're doing the hopes and dreams, aspiration challenges so that we can look at those things and see where we can have it, uh, an impact. Mm. We had a meeting last night at the Foss Apartments, um, kind of on the other side of I-5. And, you know, they, we asked them, what do you want to see in your community? You know, they talk a lot about safety, about open access, about equality, inclusion. equity, inclusion. Um, and those are the kind of things we want to hear because the library and librarians and our staff is amazing. And they have lots of really good ideas. But they need to have that idea of, like, here's what the community wants to see. Um, you know, and at this meeting, we heard things like we want more after school programs for kids. You know, mm. kids after school don't have a place to go. We'd like to see more of that. Um, We heard things like, I mean, yet again, more access to books. Uh, But we also heard um, things like information around voting, information around citizenship, information around um, if you're being evicted from your house, Mm. what can you do? What resources are out there? Affordable housing has kicked up quite a bit in our meetings. Digital equity came up. Yeah. Mm. Um, And each meeting has been First of all, very rewarding, but also they all kind of vary a little bit. What was great about last night's meeting is that we literally went to where people are. Like this is, we went to a place where people live yeah. Yeah. and had this meeting, and so it it kind of had its own unique character to mm-hmm. it. Um, and youth um, youth space was actually something that we hadn't really heard before. There were several kind of, each meeting has like an aha moment, Mm -hmm. at least one. Um, And those are what is really great. Like one woman had a, an, um, a suggestion for a crying room because this is, so this is, I mean, this is a perennial dilemma in libraries, right? Yeah. So we want parents to come in. We want them to come to baby story time. That's, you know, babies yeah. are starting to learn right away. So we, we want you in there, but babies cry. And so yeah. if you're a parent and you're using a computer and the baby's crying and then, so everybody's blood pressure starts to rise. But mm-hmm. if we had a crying room, we, you know, with a yeah. computer and some toys, we could just be like, okay, <laughs> It's just time for you to go into the crying room. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so we nice. thought that was a great yeah, idea. Good. But <laughs> sounded good to me. Maybe others yeah. don't. I don't know. I could use a crying room now. And I know. Just, just yeah. Go. I mean, yeah. we all yeah. could use a crying, use a crying yeah. room. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> a screaming room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. So back to the initiative. Um, I, I, could you talk a little bit more about, you said it was um, started by the Gates Foundation. Like, what, what needs were they seeing? How did this all get started? You know, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know the answers to that question. And I should, um, while it's the Gate, um, Gates Foundation that funded it, mm-hmm. uh, the 
um, Harwood Institute was also involved, and I don't know how well known they are, but they're but they are known for um, this turning outward concept. So, taking an taking any organization from an organizational focus and turning it outward. Mm. So, um, those I think really that's where they were seeing the need is that libraries, as I said earlier, were in this position to have a positive impact on our communities, but we're not, we can't capitalize on it unless we're talking to our communities and finding out what they want. Hmm. Yeah. And so is there like a main goals or are you kind of just gathering oh, information? Yeah, right now we're just in information gathering yeah. mode. Yeah. And we're trying to, um, we're not meeting at libraries so much right now. We might end up at some point having a meeting at a library, but the the object is really to go where people are and to go where uh, maybe um, into underserved communities or communities that we're not reaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're looking for anywhere that has free meeting space. We held one of our meetings at Associated Ministries. It was like the smallest room ima- imaginable, but it was an amazing. We had, yeah. you know, like 20 people packed in there and um, everybody's really engaged. And so, um, Right now, we're just kind of looking to diversify where we're holding those meetings. So we're making sure to to touch all areas of Tacoma. Yeah. Because I think one of our goals is not simply to, which while our patrons are very important and we want to be sure we're reflective of what our patrons want to see, we also recognize there are lots of people in our community who don't use the library. Mm -hmm. And so can we go out in the community in places where they may not use the library and ask them why or what do you hope for your community and then think about how we can help bring more people in so that we're not kind of looking at our current population of library users, but how do we expand it and grow it further and bring Mm -hmm. more people in? Um, And, you know, what's been really interesting, too, is as part of – uh, our beta process when we were moving into preparing for these meetings, we were doing smaller one-on-one meetings with organizations and we cast a wide net. We just, you know, said, if, you know, if you'd like to meet with us, we'd like to meet with you. We're doing this model. And so we started really building relationships um, that weren't there before. And mm-hmm. when you asked earlier, you know, what are people saying? And, uh, Mostly what we're hearing when we're talking to organizations, especially, is they're kind of like, thank you for coming. Like, we've been waiting for you. You know, yeah. like we, we everybody's really interested in working together and collaboratively addressing these challenges that we're seeing in our city. Hmm. How is the Tacoma Public Library funded? Um, we are a municipal library. We're funded primarily out of the general fund of the the city's general fund. Mm-hmm. We're considered a um, the city considers us a trust fund, so we're not like a bona fide department the way that um, uh, police or fire, right? Yeah, police and fire are. So, and that's just kind of a. a due to the way that the city of Tacoma interprets the mm-hmm. Washington state statute around public libraries. Um, we do have some under other funding sources that are, you know, we've got a few little trust funds, that kind of thing, but majority of our funding comes from the city of Tacoma. 
yeah, um, and, general fund. And un, unique to the library is we have a separate five-person board of trustees that we are the ones who control the entire budget. So the city gives the library the budget, but the trustees are the ones who decide how it's spent, how it's allocated. So we have complete control. And we're one of three boards in the city, so the public utility board, the library board, and the city council that are responsible for public meetings and have their own budgets and things like that. So while the city gives us our money, we are fully in control of the budget in many ways. Right. So unlike other city departments, um, you know, th- those directors answer to the city manager. I answer to my board of trustees. Interesting. And you're on the board of trustees. Yes. How many years have you been doing that? Uh, I will be two years in September. And are you enjoying it? I love it. It's the place I want to be. <laughs> what, I, what made you decide to do that? Uh, well, you know, libraries are kind of where I learned to love reading and learned to love education. Um, I tell Kate that, you know, we're modeling the South Tacoma Library, and that's my first library. It's where I learned to love yeah. books. Um, and so it was a great opportunity when I was the past mayor, Mayor Marilyn Strickland, asked if I wanted to be on the library board. I was very excited about that chance and have an impact. Um, you know, I, I tell people often that people say the city should be more involved in education, and we have a school board that's this in school district that runs education. But the city's education arm is the library. You know, that's mm-hmm. if the city wants to be involved in educating the public, the library is where it's at. They have yeah, we're here. The forum is already in place. Yeah, um, mm. and so I was very excited. Um, at the time when I was appointed, there was our past executive director was retiring. She'd been there for 20 years. And so Marilyn Strickland told me that I would be part of hiring a new executive director. And I was very excited about that opportunity. And we got an amazing one. And she's tremendous. So it's been a great, it's been great so far. Thanks, John. <laughs> Speaking of serving the community, uh, the Tacoma Public Library, the main uh, branch downtown is kind of right in the middle of... Uh, our homeless crisis, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit about the library's interaction with that population and how you serve them. Sure. Um, the one thing that I would mention right away is to say that it, that's not unusual, especially for a municipal library that's positioned um, where it is. So mm-hmm. we are located near many of the services. We're also located near the county jail. So there are um, there are lots of uh, elements happening around that building that just mean that's part of urban librarianship. Yeah. Um, and libraries have been on the forefront of the housing crisis all along. And we've mm-hmm. been on the forefront of the drug crisis, opioid crisis all along. Um, our objective is to serve everyone mm-hmm. and everyone is welcome in our buildings so long as they abide by our rules of behavior. I mean, it's really kind of that simple. Um, but beyond that, you know, we're trying to figure out where we can have an impact, mm-hmm. how we can shape our services. For example, um, what I one of the things I would really like to do is to to look at that main library. We've got ninety thousand square feet to work with. Um, I would really like to look at co-locating services there. There's mm. there's been a lot of kind of chatter, I think, in communities everywhere about co-locating services, but I'm I'm not sure anybody's really done it successfully with more than one or two or more than two agencies. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got the space to really um, do more than that. So that's one of the things that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. and and um, hopeful that we might uh, be able to do that at some point. So that's just kind of one example of of how we're kind of trying to get at those yeah. societal, meet those societal needs. Right, right. 
And, and further, our staff is just tremendous. And so part of our board meeting, we get a mission moment where the library staff come and talk to the board and tell us about the amazing things they're doing. And um, the director of the library, the downtown main library, um, Beverly. The manager. To, yeah, manager, yes. Uh-huh. I get my, the manager of the downtown library um, talked about this a powerful story where she had a young woman who's experiencing homelessness who had come in every day. And so Bev just pulled her aside and said, hey, what, you know, what do you want to do? And she said, you know, I really want to be a nurse. That's what I want to do. My parents are homeless. I'm on the street. What can you do? And Bev really just kind of walked her through and said, here's the resources. Here's computer access. Here's what you can do. And really helped that young woman along. And, you know, she got into Job Corps. She got training. She has left Tacoma and now is getting the training she needs to be on the path to being a nurse. But that's the kind of amazing people we have, and that's the kind of things that they do that people don't know the library does. And mm. I think that, you know, they take their a mission of a lot of our staff that work at that main library branches. They're there to serve the patrons, no matter who they are, and they do a good job of it. Mm. Yeah, you know, and I think that's a really great example of... Um, you know, I think maybe sometimes you hear agencies talking about or organizations talking about like, yeah, we care about the community. We're, you know, and, but we are really building personal relationships with people um, day mm-hmm. in and day out. And, and we have that immediate contact. We're seeing all kinds of needs everywhere and trying to connect people with resources where we can. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Nerd Farmer podcast on the Channel 253 Network. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. Alaska is our hometown airline. They remember the TAC and SeaTac, if you know what I mean. Just the other day, I saw Alaska running an ad in a local magazine with the tagline, Fly Like the Mountain is Out. If Alaska Airlines can be South Sound proud, we can be too, and choose our local airline. I know a few people who work at Alaska. I bet you do too. Sometimes I see them when I fly, and sometimes I see them out and about enjoying life in the 253. And what's awesome is Alaska's the best airline around. Local and the best way to fly, that's an easy choice to make. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP Gold, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. There was a couple of uh, newsworthy items that came up as we were preparing for this um, <laughs> <laughs> interview. Did it have so, something to do with Amazon? <laughs> that is one of my questions. Okay. Yes. Recently, an article came out in Forbes magazine suggesting that libraries can be replaced by Amazon. And I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts about that. <laughs> well, if anyone has watched the social media response to that, I mean, that was kind of amazing because it ended up really being almost an advocacy piece for libraries because mm-hmm. the outcry was so... Um, large and widespread, and it and it really just I don't think was from library staff and librarians. It was really just people saying like, "Are you nuts?" Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, there were so many um, misconceptions in that article, and I don't know if you know that Forbes pulled it. They did. So yeah, yeah so it's it's not even <laughs> not even up there for debate anymore, which is it's awesome. Amazing, it made it through whatever filtering process. I think it was really just a blog. It's really just, you know, Forbes, that platform has really become more of a blog in some ways. And so I think, I don't know what their vetting process is. Yeah. And I think it goes back to the, just the general misunderstanding of what libraries are. And we often talk a lot about libraries being a safe space that Mm -hmm. guarantees universal access to information. And 
I don't think we want to depend upon a, a for-profit company to guarantee our right to equal information or you know the civic space that is really valuable in our community and is vanishing in many places. So mm-hmm. I think that library is a it's that space in our community where we should hope to see the community interact openly and collaboratively, learning, growing, thriving. So. Yeah, and one of his uh, suppositions was that he was paying like five hundred dollars a year in taxes for library service, which everyone right. was yeah that everyone was trying to figure out like okay where does he live how does it, you know what portion there's some portion of that that probably goes towards his library, but um, it's really just it's so. Um, Low public libraries are so economical, um, mm-hmm. and we just started putting on our checkout receipts a you saved feature. <laughs> nice. So it will sh- it, it calculates if you check out a book and a music CD and a DVD, it'll show you you today you saved you know forty five dollars. So um, that's we're trying to make nice. kind of some of those things. I mean, it's a kind of a fun thing, but yeah. it's also um, just putting it out there that. Probably, you know, you go to the library once and you've you've got your money back. So, yeah, yeah. But Kate, can I can I order like water filters in bulk and have them delivered to my house in two days from the library? <laughs> well, you know, we're looking that? into that as part of co-locating services. You know, we might put a hardware store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Library of Things, as we were talking about yeah, that at our last meeting, things, yeah. um, there's actual libraries that do things like that, where they check out cooking utensils mm-hmm. and We have a tool library equipment. in yeah. Tacoma. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. so you might not be able to buy your coffee filters, but uh, maybe you could borrow one. <laughs> maybe you could borrow one. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> um, the other news item that popped up, um, and I'm just hoping that you can provide some education around it, is just that uh, Pierce County is having a levy for library services, and I don't believe that the public li- Tacoma Public Library is part of that levy. But no. how are they differently funded? Um, okay, so Pierce County Library is an independent taxing district, and mm-hmm. that's why they need to go out for their specific levy lid. Um, Tacoma voters won't even see that on their ballot because mm-hmm. they're not in that district. Right. So hopefully that won't be too confusing for people since it won't show up on their ballot. But right. um, yeah, so so Pierce County is funded from you know a variety of different sources where you know we are from the city's general fund. Hmm. Speaking of what you're saying, the Forbes guy and his five hundred dollar price point like when i read up on the pierce county levy it's come something like your taxes based on your It'll, assessed value going from something it was like 150 to like 170 per year or yeah something i like think that. the number so. is something like it's either 36 more dollars or 63 more dollars it's something yeah. like that um when i was talking to georgia the the director of the pierce county libraries we actually were both at the jmac meeting um a couple of weeks ago and um, she that's where I got that number from. So it's yeah, really nominal. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think they'll have trouble passing that levy? I don't I, I don't are know. Are people aware of the value um, of libraries? <laughs> some some levies have passed some recent levies have passed really successfully. Kitsap had a very successful one. However, I think that was their third try. Wow. Uh, Snow Isle just had a successful levy lid lift as well. Uh but that was they scraped by. I mean, it was like by a thousand votes. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I hope 
the best for them. Um, yeah. I I think it'll pass, but nice. um, I don't know. They're a well, great library system. You guys system. getting out to talk, well, at least educate a few more people on the yeah. value of libraries. So yeah. you're doing them some favors as well. Um, base, I have some kind of random questions now. Um, I just want to ask, how does someone become a member of the library and have library privileges? I know that um, what, I only got my first library card like two years ago because I, even as like a technologically savvy, like involved person in the community, I just didn't know how you did that and kind of kept putting it off. So if someone has not visited their library before, how do they access services? Well, um, there, it should be fairly um, low barrier. Okay. <laughs> um, we, you can start your application online, and what that will get you is immediate access to all of our electronic resources, which are mm. deep. I mean, we have lynda.com, which is something that you know most people pay for if they have access to. So if you're kind of lynda.com. Oh, um, lynda.com. What's the best way to, to describe it? It's actually owned by Microsoft now, but it. it wasn't initially. It's a place where uh, it's a a platform where you can go to learn more about things. Okay. So if you want to um, take classes on and classes is the wrong word, but take a webinars, I guess, on, a course yeah. on PowerPoint or public speaking or um, yeah, I, you name it. I had a colleague that wanted to be get her green belt your Six Sigma green okay. belt, and was looking to lynda.com online, and they have a course where you can get your screen belt that was, you know, so much money. And I said, hey, you know, the library has that for free. <laughs> She's like, what? Really? She's like, yeah. So it's just online training stuff that we provide. How to yeah. play guitar. Yeah. How to and play guitar. Yeah, right. It's crazy. I guess it's it's probably like a, a better version of YouTube. Okay. Um, kind of like libraries are a better version of Amazon. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you get certificate and you get certificates out of it that you know you can and Yeah. Yeah. I bet someone's learning about this for the first time today and you're gonna change somebody's life. And we also have well, I mean, I don't wanna go on and on about our electronic resources, but you know, we also have um, Rosetta Stone, which is something oh, not wow. a lot of libraries have. It's it's fairly expensive for libraries, but yeah. it has that name recognition. Uh-huh. So um, learn a language, you know. So anyway, so you're up in the middle of the night, you fill out your library card application get that started and then you can bring in either that number that you get in your email uh, that's kind of a temporary card number into a branch and we'll just complete that application for you it's really just a, a check we just want to see um, where you live mm-hmm. and uh, Tacoma residents were primarily funded for serving Tacoma residents but we have reciprocal borrowing agreements with other libraries like Pierce County Library System so if you live in the county you're eligible for a cap for a card. And strange enough, if you live in uh, Fircrest or Ruston, they're not part of Pierce County Library, so you can mm. actually buy a Tacoma Public Library card and you can get any access to our library. So mm-hmm. Fircrest and Ruston residents, please come buy a library card. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get your money's worth. Um, the Thank other, you for clarifying that. The other interesting thing, and Kate can probably explain this a little more clearly if I get it wrong, but we have a Pathways program where every student that's enrolled in Tacoma Public Schools and every teacher now who works for Tacoma Public Schools gets a full access library card. And with it's no late fees. With no late fees. <laughs> well, and of course, they, they had that eligibility probably all along, but what we've done is we've made it easier by um, uh, students can use their student ID number. Mm. That's basically their library card. So 
uh, we're trying to make it as easy, low barrier as possible for for yeah. students to you know not have to come in and deal with filling out another application. And, and this is something we've been nationally recognized for. It's a really progressive thing, both on the, from the school district side and from the library side. So uh, it's a really special opportunity partnership that we have. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I really appreciate it. My son loves it. <laughs> Yay. Um, how can people support or get involved? What are your next um, things coming up? Um, oh, uh, the next uh, Libraries Transforming, uh, Libraries Transform Tacoma meetings. When when will this go out, do you think? Oh, Doug, when will this go out? Almost immediately. Almost, Almost I immediately. I will have it done to... Within the next couple of days, Within probably. the next couple of days. Okay, so uh, if, if folks can make it to the July 30th meeting at Portland Ave- Avenue um, Community Center, these are all happening at 6 p.m., we have one that's happening um, all the way in October that's on a Saturday. But otherwise, these are all at 6 p.m. on weeknights. Um, the next one after that is Wednesday, August 1st at the E.B. Wilson Apartments. And I do want to stress, so many of our, these meetings are at Tacoma Housing Authority facilities, mm-hmm. um, partially because we can get their meeting rooms for free. But I yeah. do want to emphasize that the general public is welcome, even though these are secure buildings mm-hmm. um, that we are opening them to the public it's it um, they're not just open only to residents good, good. Um, so several other meetings scheduled throughout the summer and fall and the best way to find out the dates for the rest of them is to look on our Facebook page um, okay. or on our website tacomalibrary.org yeah. so people can get more information at tacomalibrary.org or the Facebook page is also Tacoma Library I th- um, facebook.com slash Tacoma Library okay and then we also have a friends group that is um, starting to grow pretty quickly it's uh, mm-hmm. the friends of the library so mm-hmm. if you wanted to directly support initiatives like our summer reading program your people could join the friends of the library there's a small fee to join but all those dollars go directly to supporting public libraries um, kind of things beyond what we can do as a library. And where can people find that? Oh, it's a Friends of the Library, Friends of Tacoma Library website. If anybody has, I'm not sure if they have a, a website. <laughs> um, There's a Facebook page. Because they That's really it. are, yeah. yeah, I think they do have a Facebook page. They really are a fledgling group. They're um, really looking for membership and engagement. If anybody has any questions, they could just contact me. My contact information is on the website or klarson at tacomalibrary.org. And we'll Larson put, with we'll an put e. links to all of this in the show notes. Okay. okay. Yeah. What else should I have asked you? What did you not get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? Oh, I'm not sure. Can you? Do you have anything? I'm trying to think. I think that was pretty good. About that new public library podcast you want to start? Is that yes. Perhaps you no, know, well, did you forget to mention that? Yeah. That, that, that's uh, definitely. Yeah. So as I was mentioning to yeah, you before yeah. um, we started recording, I started a podcast program at my former library at, in Everett, just mm-hmm. up the road. And um, I know that John is interested in starting something up here. And it, yeah, it's it's been interesting to kind of think about again, like where where could we have the impact? What yeah. could we what could we bring to the podcast world? Yeah, there's unlimited subjects for podcasting. Yeah, That's, yeah. <laughs> I would love to do something that would engage youth. I had yeah. this idea that we could have like a news podcast just for youth. Like they could just tell us what's going on in their world. Like what's yeah, news for yeah. them? Exactly. I don't know how we would make that work, yeah. but. 
I had a podcast idea about asking famous people in Tacoma what was the one or two most inspirational books that right. they've read yeah, yeah, yeah. and right. why they meant to it and what that meant to them and just kind of having a conversation about books and that I think is we often don't have those conversations enough. Yeah, you know, one model that was, I mean, the model that was really successful at my library was just kind of looking at what expertise and interests we had in the library amongst the library staff. And yeah. really, it's been those folks who are passionate about whatever it is, yeah. their podcasting and uh, and those podcasts are successful because you can just kind of hear their mm-hmm. enthusiasm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So instead of trying to kind of like, you know, generate some false enthusiasm for something. So yeah. very genuine, very interesting. Speaking of genuine enthusiasm, what is something you're reading now and what is one of your favorite books? Uh, okay, so what I'm reading now is a book that Kate and the rest of the trustees are tired of me talking about, which is a book <laughs> called Our Towns um, by James and Deborah Fallows. And it's a book about them flying to these cities that are kind of not on the coast, kind of Midwest cities, and, and really looking at what's going on in those cities. And one of the cool things in the book um, is it talks a lot about the library being this mm. center point in the cities. They, so they go to um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and the library is kind of where everybody goes for information. It's where all their public meetings are. Um, it's where they check out their cooking equipment. Uh, you know, if you don't have a, a cake pan, that you can go to the library and check it out. So mm. that's a pretty cool one that I really enjoy. Um, that's one I've been reading lately. And what book has had the most influence on me? Oh, that's a tough. I'll let Kate talk about the book she's reading right now. <laughs> Not most influenced, just one of your favorites. I don't. Uh, I hate the favorite book question ooh. too because that's if you can't answer it. Uh, but the the a, a favorite book. The a great book I read real recently is called The Sellout. It was the Man Booker Award winner in 2016. Um, it's just a. It's hard to explain. It's a fiction book, um, but I thought I laughed out loud. It's the first time I've laughed out loud reading a book in the a long sellout. time. The Sellout. Okay. It's about lots of different things um yeah so it's it's very good so right now i am listening to the black dahlia which i would oh not recommend to anyone <laughs> no <way. laughs> um, i have been cringing especially at the language that's used in it but i'm gonna finish it anyway um because that's just you know it's not that i'm not enjoying the story necessarily it's pretty gory and and Are pretty you a true crime person I, I like true crime. I like, uh, it, well, for my audiobooks, I yeah. like um, crime mysteries, you know, just something that will keep me moving. I, I usually listen to them when I'm doing work around the house. So yeah. it just kind of distracts me from getting distracted, if that makes yep. any sense. Um, Do you listen to my favorite murder? No, but it's it's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, and go on. <laughs> I picked up a book from, uh, I can't remember what the PBS effort is called. I think it's called like The Great American Read. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up a book off that list. I'm, I haven't started, it's sitting on my coffee table at home. I think it's called A Quiet Place. I don't remember what it's called. I haven't started it. So mm. that's my next um, read on paper book. Okay. Yeah. And we don't get your one of your oh, favorites. Man, I yeah. The, the librarian, librarian in me, that's a yeah. Hard one. It's like asking who her favorite child is her favorite. Said, yeah. your favorite. <laughs> I um and the other thing is I have a terrible memory. I don't remember uh, author names, I don't remember titles. I can <laughs> and as John was talking, I was thinking back to 
my childhood actually when um i have i remember reading certain books and again i don't know what they were but i but i have really strong recollections of being kind of taken into worlds mm. and and i i sort of remember like story threads but um certainly don't remember titles so those were those are kind of still my more you know magical memories of reading yeah. I'm um, happy to know that even a librarian can't remember the titles and yeah, and, names of well, books and I'm probably not the <laughs> best can't. example. I, I, I do have a good memory, but but not for things like titles and and yeah. authors. Yeah. And you bring up a good point that if people don't know, you should not have an Audible membership because we have thousands of free audiobooks yeah. you can listen to and download off the website. Audiobooks galore yeah. that you can download, uh, or we still have them on CD too that you can pick them up. I've learned so much today. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on the show. Sure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma podcast today. We are part of the Channel 253 network where you can also find the Move to Tacoma podcast as well as the Nerd Farmer podcast. And the Flounders B-Team, Crossing Division, and Taco Man podcasts. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you've heard on the show today or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, maybe there's something you've been wondering about that maybe we can investigate for you, please contact me at jennyjacobs253 at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Citizen Tacoma. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.